This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Seat and Vauxhall. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. It's Wednesday, September the 7th. Our top story today is that bosses at a Dover shopping centre say they've lost 40% of revenue since cashless parking was introduced. Now, Ringo has been installed at De Bradley Wharf, so the only way to pay for a space is to use an app or make a phone call. I'm sure Ringo is something that you've heard of before. Well, we've been chatting to Centre manager Sally Ann Vokes, who says it's not gone down well. So Ringo has really lost us a lot of custom. Firstly, I would like to say thank you to all our customers that have supported us mm. over years and years and years. Mm. And we've lost so many of them. A lot of our customers are more elderly people, yeah. a lot of them without smartphones a lot of them without any phones and they are we've had customers come in just to say to us we are really sorry but we won't be back because we cannot use that car park and it's devastating to us now the land the center is on is owned by the port of dover and managed by the local council and they say they jointly decided on this system in fact you can read their statements in full by heading to the story at kent online but this is what the council had to say in particular we managed the de bradley wharf car park on behalf of the port of dover and are guided by their decisions on matters such as available payment methods. We do not currently have Ringo-only systems in Dover District Council-owned car parks. However, this could be something we may consider in the future. We are also looking to consult on proposals for Ringo-only for on-street parking around Coombe Valley Road in Dover if no permit is held. Well, reporter Sam Lennon has been to the centre and has also been speaking to some customers. He caught up with Ronald and Leslie Denton, who also aren't that impressed. We don't pay by card or phone. We don't have that kind of um, technology. We pay cash, and you can't do it out here because since the council took it over, yeah. it's um, card or phone only, and I won't do that. So you're against this this new payment system? Yes, yeah, I, very I, much I, I suppose I'm a luddite, really. But there you go. I, I just uh, you're not alive. I don't get on with the no. technology. When we were parking, yeah. there were two ladies. We were talking to them. They were coming here. And they, they also they will not the use this car park. We'd love to know what you think today. And you can let us know how you prefer to pay for parking by voting in the poll within the story at Kent Online. And Sam joins me now. Really interesting story, Sam. Um, firstly, how do you normally prefer to pay for parking? And what do you think of apps like Ringo? I usually, personally, uh, I usually pay by coins and always have. In fact, I have enough coins in my pockets to make sure, sure uh, I have enough of them. How I learned to pay by Ringo is that I did a little. Uh, I'd uh, had a colleague a couple of months ago who uh, downloaded the Ringo app for me or guided me into it because it seems to be moving very fast and, and t- moving into more and more car parks with some car parks accepting only this system. So I thought sooner or later I'd better just be prepared in case you get caught out. Then a couple of uh, then I decided to actually use it for the first time when I researched the story about the the row at uh, De Bradley Wharf. Uh, the night before, I prepared by just uh, putting in my credit card details into the app, so that uh, that was the method of payment. 
and just briefly read on the internet how Ringo worked. When, when the time came, I, I decided I'd better get somebody nearby to help me because uh, that was going to happen anyway. If you're not used to, uh, if you've never tried something before, you just need somebody to guide you. And a lot of people are now used to the system and use it. Sam, do you think you've been converted? Not really. I mean, the thing I can understand why people are are against this because they they don't want to be bothered with with the technology that they never even asked for, and that people that lead busy lives and they just want to simply pay with the way they know how to, in the easiest way without thinking. And coins, of course, have been around for years, and people are used to carrying enough loose change for car parks. It's all part of their their regular routine. I'll keep the app there and I'll use it should and when I, I need to. But the, the preference, to be honest, is to carry on paying with coins. Sam, thank you ever so much. As I say, we would love to know what you think. You can comment within the story itself or head to our socials. Kent Online News. Other top stories for you today, and it's emerged a woman who was killed by a car in Ramsgate was pregnant with her third child. 37-year-old Nogasella was hit, along with other members of her family, by an Alfa Romeo on Leopold Street last month. Her dad was also killed. A man has been charged with causing death by dangerous driving and is due to go on trial in November. A man's been charged with attempted murder following a stabbing in Herne Bay. Emergency crews were called to Central Parade in Herne Bay on Monday morning and a woman was taken to hospital. A 34-year-old from Forrester Close in Canterbury is due in court later. A bank manager who attacked a man at a gig in Dover, leaving him needing to be resuscitated, has avoided being sent to prison. Gavin Longhurst was drunk at the time and tried to claim self-defence after it happened at the Bull Inn in December 2018. The 32-year-old from Manor Road in the town has been told to pay his victim £3,000 in compensation and do 120 hours of unpaid work. A robber who stole cash at a sitting-born shop has been jailed after his victim stopped him from escaping. Christopher Bygrave targeted a woman in Milton Regis in May, but she chased him down and partly shut the exit. He eventually ran from the store but was caught on CCTV. The 42-year-old from Fernwalk has now been locked up for more than two and a half years. Now, an invention by a Kent woman which could help with the early detection of breast cancer has won a leading award. Dotplan uses sound waves to check breast tissue. The data is stored in an app and the user is alerted if there are any significant changes that need investigating. Now, it's hoped the device will encourage more women to regularly check their breasts at home. Today, it's been named as the winner of the prestigious James Dyson Award. Well, Kate has been chatting to Deborah Babalola from Bromley, who helped design it. Throughout the development of of Dotplan, we've been in touch with a lot of women just to guide our process and to make sure that what we're creating is what they would want to use. And we found that people are actually really excited about having a device that helps them to interpret what they're feeling within their breast tissue because a lot of the time women will struggle to differentiate between what like normal breast tissue feels like and what a lump feels like. Um, so giving, giving that device, as they've said, is actually quite an empowering thing. Um, so yeah, we're excited about that and excited about their um, feedback and just looking to continue working with them to um, yeah, just make make Doppler what they need it to be. And the statistics around breast cancer are quite frightening. Are you hoping that this is really going to make an impact on how many women are diagnosed, uh, early diagnosis, meaning that treatment is is more successful? Is is that really what motivates you to to push Doppler forward? Definitely, absolutely. 
Um, yeah, like you said, the number the numbers are staggering. It's it's yeah, it's quite scary to see. But we're really hoping that dot plot is something that women will be able to use um, to just highlight any changes that they need to be aware of within their breast tissue, and to just drive down the numbers of breast cancer cases that are caught at late stages. Because as you said, you know, when when it's caught on time, the treatability is is much greater. The the probability of survival is greater as well. And we just want women to be able to yeah to to know that catching it on time is is, is best. Um, and and yeah, just just making sure that we're increasing people's chances of survival as much as possible. Reading through the material, one thing that really struck me was that that the aim was to eliminate the guesswork around breast health. Um, and I really feel like this is this is something that women have been crying out for. Have is is this something that women have said to you as you were developing it that that it's taking away that guesswork, that um, that uncertainty around their own breast health? Yeah, most definitely. That was actually where it came from. It was one of the interviews that we were doing and a woman was saying, you know, Deborah, I don't know. Sometimes I'm feeling it. I'm like, am I doing it correctly? Have I covered every area? Um, am, I, am I doing it right? I'm not really sure. And Doplot just ha helps to demystify the process as much as possible and to make it really clear because right now there are just so many different tools and techniques and methods that that that, um, that are out there that propose to women but with dot plot it's just a very simple process that aims to make it as clear as possible and to help drive um, adherence to a, to a regular routine so yeah it was yeah it was it was it was good to hear and um yeah that's what we're trying to do and uh, I must also congratulate you. You're also the winners of the uh, James Dyson Award this year. How does it feel to, to win the award? Oh, it, feel, it feels amazing. Honestly, it's it's such um, it's such an incredible thing to to win. We're really happy about it, and we're just excited um, to be able to continue working on Doppler and developing it and taking it to the next stage. Um, so it's just, it's just been amazing to to see the great uh, projects that were submitted and to be able to have to have won it. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with car dealerships in Canterbury and Maidstone. Got some politics news now and the Kent MP who stood against the new Prime Minister during the Tory leadership contest has been given a job in government. Tunbridge and Morling's Tom Tugendhat is now Minister for Security. Not such good news for Tunbridge Wells rep Greg Clark, though he's been replaced as levelling up secretary. More on the developments of the reshuffle after Liz Truss moved into number 10. Here's our political editor, Paul Francis. So what do we learn from Liz Truss's appointments to her team that will steer, she hopes, the government through a very challenging period. Well, one of the interesting appointments, as far as Kent is concerned, is that of Suella Braverman replacing Prizzy Patel as the new Home Secretary. And Suella Braverman is reported to be someone who is in favour of stronger action in terms of trying to stem the numbers crossing the channel. But she hasn't uh, herself said anything specifically around this yet. But there are suggestions that's possibly one thing the government might consider is increasing the number of border force patrols in the channel. And of course, pressing ahead with its controversial plans to send would-be migrants to Rwanda. So a new Home Secretary could signal a new approach to 
what seems to be an intractable problem for the government, which has tried various initiatives, none of which have succeeded. Officers in Kent have arrested and charged a man who's alleged to have had a sawn-off shotgun. They'd carried out a raid at a property in Castle Street in Walden where the weapon was seized. A 49-year-old remains in custody and will appear in court next month. Elsewhere, a man's been arrested after a driver was hit by a car in Canterbury. Someone in another vehicle pulled up in front of him at the junction of South Street and Sturry Road before allegedly attacking him through a window. He's then said to have driven at the victim when he got out of his car. The 46-year-old suspect has been released on bail. A Chatham man who was diagnosed with HIV says it's important people realise it's no longer a death sentence. Steve Bamford was told he had the virus after being admitted to hospital with pneumonia back in 2018. Now, HIV damages cells in your immune system and it makes it harder for the body to fight general infections and diseases. And whilst there's no cure, there are now some really effective treatments. Well, Steve's hoping to raise awareness by cycling almost 400 kilometres around Kent over the next few days. And he's been sharing his story with Jamie. I was diagnosed in, in 2018. Um, I actually got admitted to hospital with a, a form of pneumonia. Um, and I was diagnosed whilst I was in hospital, uh, ended up being in hospital for four weeks um, to treat the pneumonia. And um, I've been on HIV medication since then. That medication is to ensure the levels of HIV uh, in your body become undetectable, also that HIV is undetectable. In other words, so that it, it can't be passed on. Correct. So, so the HIV medication controls the amount of the virus in your blood so that it reduces it to levels so low that it can't be passed on at all. And how did you feel when you got that diagnosis? How was that for you? <laughs> I think like everybody initially, when you get the diagnosis, um, obviously you feel um, scared. Um my knowledge at the time was obviously limited. I wasn't up to date with where we were with HIV medication at the time. So I didn't know that it was no longer a death sentence at the time. So, I mean, I had four weeks in hospital to be able to, to research this. And, and you know, the, the team at Clover Street were um, amazing and the doctor would come out and would explain things in a way that was easy for me to understand and, you know, really put my mind at rest that, that there was there was a future. Um, that sounds horrid now, but there was a future. I, I think the one thing, yeah, whilst I was in hospital, the hospital was actually breathing more for me than I was So at one point. So I was in quite a bad way, and to, to have that positive news was, you know, amazing tell me a little bit about the voluntary work that you do now so as as one of the peer mentors in the talking together group um what what i am primarily responsible for is two things to help run the support group that that runs monthly that was, was set up by the trust and also to provide uh one-to-one -one peer mentoring for, for other people living with hiv um, so if they've, an example would be perhaps when they're first diagnosed, they'll have lots of questions and whilst clinical teams can answer the clinical questions, 
you know, there's there's all these different questions around, you know, uh, telling people relationships, um, telling your employer, or just, you know, learning to live with the diagnosis and getting into a routine with the medication because it's important to maintain your routine uh, with your medication. And then tell me about your fundraising plans as well, you know, what you've got going on. I am cycling around um, 16 of the trust locations, including, um, you know, my own clinic that that I um, that I get treated at um, to just you know raise awareness through Ken about the the uh, U equals U message the undetectable equals untransmittable message and the fact that you can live a normal and positive life with with HIV. Thanks ever so much to Steve for telling us about his challenge. You can head to KMFM's socials, that's our sister radio station, to check out details on his fundraising page. Kent Online reports. A pride parade could take place through a Kent village in response to the local church saying they didn't support the LGBT movement. There was controversy last month when an anti-pride poster was displayed at Hauling Baptist Church. Now the local Pub has suggested a celebration with more than 100 people backing the idea and businesses offering to get involved. There are plans to build holiday lets at a large country mansion in West Kent. More than £32 million has already been spent on the Salomons estate in Tunbridge Wells. Now the owners plan to increase the amount of accommodation there. The site is currently home to more than 20 businesses and is a popular wedding venue. You can see pictures of a stable block that could be converted at Kent Online. An Ashford pub that was once dubbed a drug den has been given a makeover as the owners try to attract new customers. Bosses at the William Harvey in the Willsborough part of town say they want to turn around its previous bad reputation. The Grade 2 listed building dates back to the 15th or 16th century. And finally today, Kent Olympian Dame Kelly Holmes is joining the all-female panel on ITV's Loose Women. The 52-year-old from Hildenborough is set to make her debut on Monday. Whitstable's Janet Street Porter is also a member of the team. Kent Online Sports. Football and England have finished their Women's World Cup campaign with a 100% record after thrashing Luxembourg last night 10-0. Now they'd already secured a place at next year's finals and were playing at home for the first time since being crowned European champions. Maidstone's Alessia Russo was among eight different goal scorers in Stoke. It was lovely to be back in front of our home fans. Obviously we had an amazing summer and they were there through it all. So yeah, lovely to have them back in the stands and obviously put on a performance and got a result. Huge congratulations to the Lionesses. Well, that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and TikTok. Plus, you can get access to the ad-free Kent Online premium site. To do that, you need to subscribe. Just head to kentonline.co.uk forward slash subscribe. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online podcast. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Seat and Vauxhall.